Today we're going to be talking about the idea of live albums and related to the Beatles as a group and solo Beatles. What do we think of live albums and what kind of albums are out there for you to listen to? I think generally, uh, historically, there's been less good live albums than bad ones. I mean, uh, uh, Generally, the problem I, I, I find the biggest problem with live albums is it's like, oh, here's somebody playing their hit exactly like it sounds on the record, you right. know. So, probably more interesting live albums would be uh, ones uh, where people, you know, you get you get like like uh, there's a, um, a live album from um, Led Zeppelin. Uh, the, the, I'm thinking the more recent releases. Um, and you get these longer, more intricate versions of their songs, stuff like that. That That's interesting to me. But generally, live albums are kind of like things that you pick up because you're a fan, and then you listen to a couple times, and then you, you, don't, you don't go back to that well a lot. Right. <laughs> no, I think that's true. And what uh, I can't name many albums, that, live ones, that I actually listen to very often anymore. Uh, it seems to me, is, do you think it's kind of a cheap way to make money? Or uh, generally, yeah. I mean, yeah. there's some significance to, like in more recent years, say Bob Dylan, we've gotten releases of his shows where he first went electric and things like that. Yeah, that's pivotal. And, and, and those are pivotal and you can hear... You know, Bob Dylan always plays his songs in concert so differently than they're recorded. So those are like sort of treasure trove type type things. Um, and and even uh, uh, Bruce Springsteen released a big box set of like yeah. it was not just uh, his uh, it was not just his record he was released. I think it was Born to Run, mm -hmm. but then there was also like a concert he got with it. Um, in those instances, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is really good. But yeah. during one's career, just like, uh, I think when we end up talking about Paul, we're going to question some <laughs> of his, uh, live, like, the the point of his live release of exactly. Um, certain things. Exactly. And uh, a, lot of, a lot of what you just mentioned doesn't relate to the Beatles because they weren't known as a great live band that would go out and jam and do things like the Grateful Dead. They're a live band. That's where you went to the concert. That's the experience, not listening to the record. Uh, whereas the Beatles were, you couldn't hear them in the early yeah. days at these concerts. When what you did hear, unfortunately, is full of crowd noise and they're out of tune sometimes and they're just kind of hacking through the songs. So they're good live performances, as we'll talk about. But I think... For bands that are known as live bands, then I think it might be worth listening to live albums. But uh, we'll take a look here and see what we think after going through the whole group of Beatles and solo live albums. So we want to start off way, way back here in 19... Well, I think it was recorded in 1962, I believe. 
This is the uh, Star Club recording, right? So we're talking about when the Beatles became the Beatles. So this is after uh, Pete, and so we're looking at Live at the Star Club, which was very primitively primitively recorded. But it's a yeah. this is what you were talking about with Dylan and the plugging in concerts here. This is a live album right when the Beatles were in their origins, and it's historically important. It's historically important. It's them in Germ- sort of Germany. I think the Star Club's in, Ger- in Hamburg, yeah, Hamburg. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ger- Germany. Um, <laughs> if you were dying for a live version of, say, Lindby or Cobe, <laughs> or... Uh, Basame Mucho, <laughs> then you're, you're in luck. Because you'll get a real grainy sounding, uh, um, out of tune version of those songs. Uh, otherwise, uh, like all music as it rated as two out of five stars here on the. Uh, well, um, how much of that is because of the sound quality, too? It sounds pretty. All you hear is a lot of static yeah. and hiss. But it's a, an example of the Beatles' live show, which when you watch them talk about their career, they always said when they went to Hamburg, that was where they became the, the Beatles that we know. Yes. So, now, I wanted to mention, uh, uh, we're not going to play a cut from uh, a Star Club, yeah, please. No. <laughs> um, I wanted to mention that, um, and I saw an ad for this in Entertainment Weekly, is... Uh, First full concert in the U.S. at Washington Coliseum. Yeah, which is has on been uh, released now in movie theaters. It's called Beatles: The Lost Concert. Mm. They're showing it in limited engagements. Uh, well, I guess it's already happened. It was back in uh, May, and I would assume, and it's got some interviews and stuff with people like Steven Tyler and Chuck Berry and <laughs> Mark Ronson, but. Um, at some point, one would think that might make its way onto a CD or something you could listen to. Right. Um, so that might be worth a a, a, a spin. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, they, there is a two disc uh, thing, which technically is live, which I think we both enjoy. It was released in 1994. The live at the BBC uh, tracks, I believe you're talking about live at the BBC. Recording. Yeah, you get a real clean FM radio sounding. Uh, you know, maybe it's a little bit annoying at times with the um, uh, up here's another one from <laughs> George and the George of the Gang. George on lead on this one. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of little gags and jokes in between the songs, but that was a really great release. I remember well, you, you and I both got it together, I believe, and. Yeah. It had a nice cover and had a lot of their early songs all the way through the 65, like Ticket to Ride, I think, is on there and things like that. And very clean, good recordings and gave you a real sense of the Beatles' live act when they didn't have the screams, when they could actually play. Yeah, and there are tracks on there you can't hear anywhere else. Right. And all, all kinds of uh, little nuggets. I think at one point uh, in, in upcoming episodes we'll do a full review of that uh, record and play a bunch of cuts off of it. Mm-hmm. Um, the next uh, sort of thing you could get on record back in the day was uh, the Live at the Hollywood Bowl, 
which if you ask me too is sort of unlistenably kind of like not that great of a recording yeah. um, but is more the unlike Star Club where it's them playing a bunch of crap <laughs> uh, it is them playing their you know hit songs of the day yeah, it, it took a long time for that record to actually come out. It didn't come out until May of 1977. And it sat for a while. I think that was a time when there was nothing was happening in Beatle land, and it was time to go back to the archives and see what was there. And so, yeah, as you mentioned, they pulled out these two concerts from 1964 and 65. George Martin really tried to clean them up with the crowd noise, but they're pretty tough listening uh, and there's a rumor I heard on one Beatles site that they're going to be re-released soon so they're going back to them again and hopefully it will sound better with technology as it is now uh, we'll see but yeah important concerts and it's fun to go to the Hollywood Bowl if you ever been to LA uh, I have not well if you go there's a Beatles tour that I went on with a woman named Jillian and it's well worth doing uh, she takes you to all the sites around L.A., but it ends at the Hollywood Bowl, and you get to stand on the stage. Well, I don't think we were actually supposed to be on the stage, because uh, somebody <laughs> came and we heard some doors slamming and footsteps, and then we we fled. But uh, it, was, <laughs> it was fun anyway. I've got pictures. So uh, it would have been a great show. It's an outdoor venue and huge, huge place. But anyway, that, that was the next real solid live concert that came out and then of course the Beatles stopped touring in 1966 yeah. so they got tired of the screaming uh, girls and all that now there are there is one other place you can get not on a record really or where you can get well I guess there is a, a place you can get is <laughs> in the anthology there's a bunch of cuts from and, and I, I, when I'm thinking about it, I think of it more in the film, in the full length, yeah. you know, ten hour film. That there's so many good, finally good, visible uh, recordings of uh, these Beatle concerts yeah. and of the live performances all over the place, uh, including um, when they, you know, were in Japan and all that, all that kind of stuff. And, and, Shea and Shea Stadium and all that. You know, there's a very good segment about how crazy John Lennon seemed at Shea Stadium. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> Playing with uh, his elbows. And, yeah. yeah. But that's uh, definitely worth a, a, a listen to some of those tracks. But um, but really, they, yeah, like you said, they stopped touring. It became too hectic. They were tired of screaming girls and almost being killed in mm. foreign countries and things of that nature. <laughs> so... Um, they did not play again live until one last time, which was during the Let It Be sessions. Uh, they got sick of the Let It Be sessions. They were like, let's end this thing. Um, and they went on to the rooftop, and it's a pretty famous rooftop concert where they just went to the roof and played until the cops told them to stop. Yeah. It was on January 30th, 1969. They went up there. Uh, with Billy Preston, who you can see in the movie Let It Be. It finishes the movie. And after the movie, which is really kind of gloomy and uh, un uninspiring, you can see they were really ready to break up. This concert comes, and they actually have a good time and sound great. And yeah. 
play through a lot of the songs that they were working on that ended up on the album Let It Be. Yeah, I remember being a young Beatles fan, this being one of my favorite things to uh, first discover. is like, oh, it's the Rooftop concert. Oh, I heard about this. <laughs> oh, I can watch it. Oh, it's awesome. And, and it has so many little uh, quirks in it. The Hope We Pass the Audition yep. at the end. The... Uh, and on the video, you can see all these people in Australia. I don't know what this Beatles are. You know, a guy with a big curly mustache. Uh, if you ask me, it's racket messing up, messing up our day. I'm like, oh, I think it's quite lovely. Blah blah blah. You know, like people. They got the people with the most, uh, the strongest British accents they could find <laughs> on London's street. <laughs> well, I think it's bloody great. I can't believe it. It's the Beatles. So I was thinking we could maybe uh, listen to a little bit of uh, the rooftop concert. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, they played, as I said, they started the album or started the concert with "Get Back," and they also ended with "Get Back." So uh, we're going to play the live version of "Get Back" for you, uh, the one they finished with, and let's hear that now. One, two, three, four. successful one and a great way to go out uh, wasn't it spoofed in the simpsons <laughs> yeah i'm sure i think everything's been I spoofed think, in the simpsons. i think yeah. this podcast will get spoofed <laughs> in the simpsons by, by by the time by the time they're done they will have spoofed every single thing in yes. their in their 112 seasons when they finally <laughs> wrap it up um exactly uh, so so uh, moving on to uh, the solo Beatles, um, we're going to kind of talk, uh, I think, uh, in volume. <laughs> we're going to go through the Beatles, the uh, individuals, and we'll start with uh, John Lennon, who only had two uh, live releases. And why? Because he really didn't play live hardly at all, no. like in his uh, solo career. And there are a couple of performances that we're not going to talk about, but that he did play live, like with Elton John. And yep. then he played uh, this gig that's on with Frank Zappa on uh, sometime in New York City. And in another performance, they did Cold Turkey with a big super group. Uh, but we're we're going to limit it to actual releases, full full concerts or full live performances. And so the first one would be in 1969. He was invited to play at a rock and roll revival 
concert in Toronto, and it featured a lot of his boyhood heroes like Chuck Berry and I think Little Richard might have been there and a lot of the 50s, Jerry Lee Lewis maybe, people like that, a lot of the 50s rock idols were there. And so he was asked to play and accepted and got this pickup group to play. And it, it uh, had Eric Clapton on guitar, Klaus Vormann, the famous Klaus Vormann on bass, and Alan White on drums with he and Yoko. And the, the story goes that on the way to Toronto, way to the gig, they were in the plane and they were learning the tunes. John was showing Clapton the tunes and uh, they basically learned it on the plane. And then John threw up, kept throwing up because he was so nervous and going through heroin issues. So uh, it's got kind of an electric feel to it. You can tell he's on the edge a little bit. But he's dressed all in white and he's got his <laughs> beard. And... <laughs> Uh, it's real loose. So, what songs yeah. did they run through? I think they started with loose suede <laughs> shoes. Then they played money, which is uh, unusual for John to play money. I, I think would uh, that's an interesting one. And yeah. then dizzy Miss Lizzie, your blues is probably the one that came off best, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Um, they played cold turkey, give piece a chance. <laughs> uh, they also. <laughs> I know what's coming next. Side two, if you get the, uh, this this was released as a record, if you get the record, you can listen to side two, and you'll get Don't Worry, Kyoko, and John John, Let's Hope for Peace, which is basically 12 minutes of, and, and this is a quote from Wikipedia, Ono's wailing, pitchless, brainless, banshee vocalizing. I couldn't have said it better. <laughs> Uh, it was a quote from Richard Janelle of All Music. Um, wow. And to, to lend back further... Back with plotting rock rhythms and the latter with feedback. <laughs> yes. No wonder you see many cop- used copies of the LP with worn A-sides and clean, unplayed B-sides. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <too. laughs> I like that. Uh, and a true story, I, for many years I went to Beatle Fest. Well, now it's called the Fest for Beatles Fans. I don't know if they yeah. were sued or something, but uh, in in Chicago, and they had this video room, and they would play all the famous Beatle videos, and they played this concert, and I remember, list you know sitting there, and the whole room was packed watching the first section of Lennon and Clapton and all that, and then a few minutes into Don't Worry or uh, Don't Worry Kyoko, people started to filter out, <laughs> and I remember leaving. Uh, and I walked out to go to the bathroom or something, and then John, John, let's hope for peace was going on, and it's it's just feedback. They just left their guitars on their amps, and I walked past the room, and all you hear is this drone of feedback. And I looked in the room; there were two people, <laughs> one uh, was sleeping. <laughs> I think that says it all about side two and Yoko. But, uh, anyways, it's the first side. It's it's pretty ragged, but it's interesting yeah. for who it is and for what's played, right? Yeah, I've never given it too much of a listen, to be honest with you. No. Uh, no. I gave uh, this next release much more of a listen, though. When I was younger, I thought, oh, this is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, And it's an album from Elephant's Memory. Elephant's (laughs) Memory, yeah. Along with John (laughs) Lennon and Yoko Ono. It's uh, John Lennon Live in New York City is the title of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
this was the big concert he played in uh, Madison Square Garden, I believe. Yep. Um, yep. And um, got a lot of great tracks on it. Um, I really like It's So Hard's on it. Uh, good version of that. Well, well, well. Sounds great on it. Um, it was, and he does... Sure, all- he throws in a hound dog and a, you know... <laughs> it was songs from... A lot of songs from Imagine and sometime in New York City. I think they did the song New York City. Yeah, they do New York City. They do um, <laughs> Come Together. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mother, there's a pretty good version of Mother on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty good. Yeah. So let's maybe let's hear a little bit of Well, Well, Well. So that's uh, John. That's all John did because you know, unfortunately, maybe he would have played live after um, after his last album, but he never got the chance to, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, so let's let's move on to George Harrison. And George's big live album was the Benefit concert. And if you listen to our George Harrison episode, we talked about the title song from that concert. And the song was Bangladesh, and it was the concert for Bangladesh, which was uh, put on as a benefit, uh, 1971, August 1971. And this, I think you'd have to say this was probably one of the first real benefit concerts. Now they're a dime a dozen for for hurricane relief or 9-11 or big catastrophic events, but back then... Or Queen's 60th birthday. Or Queen's 60th (laughs) birthday. In a world events here, uh, but that back then in 1971, this was a big deal, and George got everybody he could think of to play on this concert, and it still stands up very well, I think, even though he couldn't get two of his Beatle bandmates to do it. One of them, uh, John, wouldn't play apparently because uh, George didn't want Yoko to sing, and then <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, the, I guess the story goes. Uh, John was really into it, and then uh, John said to George, Oh, great, this is great. What's Yoko going to do? And George said, She'll enjoy sitting in the audience watching the show. <laughs> <And> <laughs> that didn't go over too well. 
Uh, and then, I don't know why Paul didn't do it. He was just being Paul at the time. Yeah. He's probably on tour. He oh, was on, on tour. On tour. So. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so this says, this uh, doesn't just have uh, Harrison uh, no. on it. It's also got uh, Ravi Shankar. You get a little Leon Russell singing it on <laughs> Beware of Darkness. You get some... Um, um, you get Ringo. D- D- Bob Dylan, you get Ringo, you get um, Billy Preston. Billy Preston, Eric Clapton played, uh, but uh, most of those guys played with uh, George. And so let's play. Uh, what do you, what do you want to hear from this one? Boy, so many good tunes to hear. Uh, I think we played something from All Things Must Pass in our George episode, so... Why don't we try listening to Bangladesh? Maybe that would be. Uh, I I I I just want to interject here on Bangladesh that this song. I mean, this song is so tight. Ty- like it was so much like oh, it's like got a, a shelf life. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's so specific to one thing, so it's not like a popular song that's gonna last generations. Yeah. But it sounds awesome. I think yeah. it's great, and it really rocks, especially this live version. Yeah. So I am excited to hear Bangladesh. My friend came to me, sadness in his eye, told me that he wanted help before his country. So that's concert for Bangladesh, uh, uh, and the remastered version uh, on CD uh, adds a couple tracks from uh, one from Bob Dylan, and the, I think the studio version of Bang- Bangladesh song. Yeah, um, that performance um, was also really uh, important because of Bob Dylan. He hadn't played live in a couple years, and he wasn't announced. And all of a sudden, uh, George just said, I'd "Like to bring on a friend of us all, Mr. Bob Dylan," and the crowd went crazy. And it, yeah. they, it was Ringo, Leon Russell, George, and Bob Dylan played uh, four or five songs together. So really well worth listening to the whole concert for Bangladesh and watching it. It's fun to watch, too. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the other George Harrison release. Now, he toured in uh, 1974 uh, behind Dark Horse, but uh, maybe fortunately there's no concert <laughs> release of that. Um, yeah. 
Uh, and then he toured again um, in the 90s, early 90s, and uh, we got a kind of um, pretty good release called Live in Japan. Uh, pretty good in the fact that it's kind of a career retrospective, like, it plays almost like a greatest hits. Yeah. Um, and and the I'm not sure if the concert he actually played sort of, um, it, it's almost chronological in its track listing. That mm-hmm. This one is mostly um, Beatles stuff, and this two is mostly like some of his better solo work and some of his not so great <laughs> devils, you know, cheer down. I don't know how you feel about cheer down <laughs> or cloud nine. But um, yeah, there's some good tracks off of it. Um, you get a live. Old Brown Shoe, so yeah, that's really yeah. cool. And it was, you know. it, that has a real sound to it. It sounded like, uh, the well, his backing band wasn't too bad. It was Eric Clapton and his group. And it really reminds me of the late 80s, early 90s Clapton. Do you remember some of those tunes? Journeyman, wasn't that the album that had uh, No Alibis and Old Love? Was that, I think that was it. Uh, it was the same, that same period. And, uh, he had a real great bass player named Nathan East and some background singers. It's a very solid support for Georgia's songs. Yeah, real good, real good uh, tracks on it. You get a live version of Peggy's. Mm-hmm. You get a live version of uh, uh, What Is Life and Isn't It a Pity. And yeah, so it's yeah. really worth uh, uh, listen, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's the only two George releases, though. Maybe yeah. we'll get one in the future now that we're getting some... We got a release called Early Takes Volume 1, so that it indicates to me there's going to be some <laughs> Volumes 2, 3, and 4, so maybe we'll get some extra live tracks off of, off of those uh, releases. Yeah, hope so. Uh, good, let's move to Ringo now, who yeah. Ringo didn't tour until the 80s when he formed a band called... The All Star Band. And that's, that's right. That's and, two R's, of course. And the All Star Band has had a prolific live album uh, <laughs> releasing career. I don't know how you feel about it, but uh, yeah. here's here's the number of albums he's released. Here here's all of <laughs> all of Ringo's live albums. Ringo Starney's All Star Band, 1990. Ringo Starney's All Star Band Volume Two, Live from Montreux. 1993. <laughs> Ringo Starr and his third all-star band, oh. Volume 1. <laughs> what? <laughs> in 1997. <laughs> I guess they were huh? expecting a second release from that. Yeah. Um, then VH1 Storytellers, which we'll, we'll, come, we'll double back to. Mm-hmm. Then uh, King Biscuit Flower Hour presents Ringo and his new all-star band. Oh, wow. <laughs> 2002. Extended versions in uh, 2003. That's just the, um, you know, uh, and basically it's an all-star band thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, tour 2003, another all-star band. Um, uh, Ringo Starr and Friends. Ringo Starr <laughs> Live at Soundstage, 2007. 2008, Ringo Starr and his all-star band Live 2006. That was released wow. in 2008, so figure that one out. And then live at the Greek Theater, two thousand eight. If you're listening to this this right now and own any of those albums, please, 
<laughs> please comment and let us know what they're like uh, because I, I only own one of them. And I don't know about you, but uh, are you? Do you feel like there's a big void in your CD collection without those? What ten? Almost ten albums. Yeah. Why would you release that many? I mean, and, 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 unless it's all going to charity. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, and and it's like, what? What? What's the point of this? You Maybe know, to show the because we, the point of the All Star Band is that it kept changing. It would have. You had the, I think the criteria to be in the all-star band was you had to have a hit or at least one or two hits and that you would yeah. sing them live. And so the, the band kept changing and there's always new people in it. So maybe yeah, they wanted so to keep like real. Dave, yeah. Dave Edmonds, uh, Todd Rundgren, mm-hmm. Joe Walsh. Levon uh, Helm, who just passed away from the band, I think was in there. Jack Johnny. Bruce from Cream. John Entwistle at one point, wow. Nelly Preston, um, who else we got here? Um, I'm getting uh, Roger Hodgson, Hodgson uh, Howard Jones. Wow. You know, like the- even more modern, Ian Hunter from, uh, you know, singing All the Young Dudes and yeah. that kind of So it's just, uh, yeah, it's like, well, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. The one time some weird I, stuff on, on on some of those too. So we can hear a song right now if you want off of the VH1 Storytellers. Yeah, uh, probably if you really want to hear a live Ringo thing, this is probably the one to get just yeah. because it's just Ringo and it's him talking about his songs and then he plays, you know, his stuff. So why don't what do you want to hear? We've got lots of stuff here. To yeah. Choose from. Classics. A lot of classics here. Uh, how about, well, how about Photograph? That might be a good one. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good Ringo solo song. All so right. here's uh, Photograph. Richard Marks, yeah, oh, Sheila yeah. E., Ooh. Edgar Winter. Scraping Amish. the bottom of the barrel here. <laughs> <laughs> Richard Marks. When you're like, let's A, let's 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 bring out all the old greats from Richard Marks. It's like Richard what? Richard Marks. 
I'll be right yeah. here waiting. Wasn't that his hit? Well, that was one yeah. of them. Yeah. Wow. Well, anyway, yeah. there you go. Billy Spire. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm still naming all the all I know. There's, that's What's wrong with me? Wow. What? I think you want. I, I think you want to buy some of these albums here. There's a box set, I believe, of all the All Star Band collections. So, you can check it out. Well, uh, on to the last of the Fab uh, Four. <laughs> I needed to think for a second. Um, You're thinking of Billy Squire and our old pal Paul McCartney. And the, now Paul was in this band um, called Wings. After the Beatles, yep. and they only had one uh, live album release, but it was a very popular live album. Uh, went platinum here in the U.S. Was probably their high. This album coming out, uh, that tour uh, that this was from was probably the. I don't know in those in those sort of four or five year span of them being they were kind of the biggest band in the world for yeah. a little bit of time. Yeah, definitely. Um, so this is Wings Over America we're talking about, and it's a very large live album. had a lot of tracks on it. It was a triple album, and it came with a poster and a very nicely done, although there's a dirty secret about it. It's not entirely live. Paul went oh. back, and I, I don't know if he did or if the whole group did, but they went back and overdubbed a few things here and there. Uh, but you still get the gist of it, and if you want to watch some of their performances you can look at the McCartney Years DVD and there's some performances from the DVD called Rock Show which was recorded during that tour and you can see them perform live and good stuff they were really pretty good band with Jimmy McCullough on guitar and Denny Lane and uh, some good stuff on there that was a big seller big hit yeah, and it's not just it. It is the only time where I really was like, oh, when in concert, you probably thought they were a band. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they do like Go Now, and they do Time to Hide, which is a Denny Lane piece, yeah. and it's so it was like, Paul. oh yeah, they're. It's not just Paul like goof, you know, singing everything, and yeah. here's his backing band, right? You know, um, so let's play a track from it um, now. Probably the. Uh, what would be the most, uh, the biggest hit off of this live album? I think uh, Maybe I'm Amazed was a huge hit, which yeah. was a song written a lot earlier, but that performance of it, if I remember correctly, was one of the, was a big single. Yeah, so let's hear Maybe I'm Amazed.
That was Maybe I'm Amazed. Uh, uh, now, at the very end of that song, he goes, it's the first time you'll ever hear him go, uh, Maybe I'm Amazed with you. Ding, 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 ding. Uh, but yeah, big hit, big hit, um, that version. Um, and then, um, you know, in, in the 80s, we didn't get any uh, live release from Paul. And then the floodgates opened. Oh, yes. Right, yeah. with uh, Trip. I remember being very excited to get Tripping the Live Fantastic. Me too, because I was at one of those, or I was at the one of the tours. My first Paul McCartney show was in December of 1989. That was the 89 tour when he first came back. and So I remember being very excited when that live double-disc set came out. And uh, on this, there's a lot of tracks from... Um, Put it theirs on there, and, oh, yeah. and you get you get some. Uh, we got married, like a live version of We Got Married, which is really great. Mm-hmm. If you ask me, um, and then there's, uh, you know, there's you, know, you play some Beatles stuff, some back in the USSR, and that kind of stuff. But I really like the the um, extracts from that that are solo stuff. That's uh, that's something that's different now, don't you think? About McCartney shows, as we'll go through the rest of the albums real quickly. Uh, Back then, he actually had new material to perform, and he seemed to play more, like a mix, a better mix of tunes. Now it's, he plays one or two new songs, but it's so heavy on the Beatles songs that, I don't know, maybe he realized that people were just going to the bathroom and getting beers during the new (laughs) tunes or something, but... Yeah, I, I kind of wish he would have a little more guts. And, like, when I saw David Bowie the last time I saw him in concert, he played he played some hits, but he played mostly stuff off of his last few albums. Mm-hmm. And it was great. It was fantastic. It's like, you know, if you're going to release, and I think it helps sell his solo stuff, I think that's why his solo records in the last 10 years have really not sold well. Because mm-hmm. then you go see him in concert and you barely hear him. You know, yeah. that's where you get exposure to his new music, probably, if you're a Beatles fan, you know. Or a a, a Paul fan, and you, you're sort of a Beatles fan, and you don't, you don't, you're not a diehard like us who are going to get all of these records anyway, you know. Yeah. So, Tripping the Life Fantastic and the <laughs> other release, Tripping the Life Fantastic Highlights. Yes. In case you couldn't buy the two-disc one, which I thought, I'm like, come on. <laughs> uh, um, uh, and, and then the next uh, live release of his is, I would have to say, of all of this live stuff, my favorite Beatles live release, oh, wow. which is the official bootleg to Unplugged. Uh, Paul played Unplugged, MTV Unplugged, and there are some fantastic versions of uh, Here, There, and Everywhere, of Every Night, of uh, And I Love Her. Uh, that would be something on here, first time you're going to hear that. Uh, Blackbird, Ain't No Sunshine. Uh, we can work it out, but I think the track I want to hear, I don't know how you feel about this, yeah. is I've Just Seen a Face, which is a fantastic version of i Just Seen a Face. Good choice. Let's hear the version of I've Just Seen a Face from Paul McCartney Unplugged in 
I've just seen a face I can't forget the time or place We first met, she's just a girl for me I want all the world to see we've met That is a good version. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Of course, uh, of course, that was uh, Wicks Wickens. <laughs> Linda, Linda plays on that one. Uh, Hamish Stewart. Yep, playing, that playing an acoustic upright or acoustic, not upright, but acoustic bass. I remember. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Robbie McIntosh and Blair Cunningham playing yeah. on that. So, and on some of those tracks, uh, Paul whips back and plays drums. I think uh, at some point. Yeah. <laughs> so there's, so a, uh, there's a video of that too. I remember taping off on v- VHS, taping that one and watching it a lot. It was just a, like you said, it was a great performance and. Uh, he was relaxed and loose, and the band. Whimsical. That's where we got. Uh, uh, we always quote from this uh, record that, "Let me hear all those whoop whoops and oh, yip yeah. yips." <laughs> yeah. And uh, when Black Blackbird's about being, he's like, "What a uh, blackboard!" Yeah. <laughs> Makes a blackboard joke. Yeah. He plays the first song he ever wrote called "I Lost My Little Girl." Yeah. yeah. And during it, sings. Let me tell you about a story, first song I ever wrote. Like, it's a song about that song. Yeah, exactly. A meta song. Um, yeah. And he plays some, he plays some, a bunch of stuff like uh, Good Rockin' Tonight yeah. and uh, some covers. Uh, a, Blue, a Blue Moon of Kentucky. And particularly good is the Bebopalula. Yeah, that starts off the whole album. Yeah. And usually I despise like hearing these, uh, you know. Those, yeah, a lot of fifties covers Classics. on there. Yeah. Uh, and then there was a bunch of. I'm I'm hoping we get a a re-release version of this at some point because he played a bunch of stuff that they didn't even. Yeah. Uh, like things we said today and Mother Nature's Son and some oh. Mrs. Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. Um, I'd like to hear those. Yeah, me too. Uh, uh, so then he, you know. And this is where I start getting like, we got tripping to life, fantastic. That was had some uh, had some tracks that were more um, recent, but but it was enough of a career retrospective mm-hmm. that I think you could like say, okay, that's enough. Yeah. <laughs> but for some reason, since then, we've gotten Paul is live back in the U.S. back in the world. <laughs> <laughs> and Good Evening New York City, all of which are sort of like career retrospective, like... Have the same songs on them, almost. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't understand what the point is of, you know, release every time he does a big tour. I mean, in fact, I'm surprised we haven't gotten one, like, last year. Yeah, yeah. Oh, from and, the and there's 2011 also... tour. And there's, there's videos to go with them, too. So it's not just the CDs, but there's just always concert videos and things to go along with it. And this brings us back, as we wrap it up, uh, wrap up the episode, brings us back to the question about the purpose and what we think a live album. So what, what you're saying is you think this, the last 10 years of these McCartney releases, you're kind of wondering what's the point of 
doing all these. Yeah, why why do we need I mean, here's the problem with it is you get I, I, how many live versions of Blackbird are on these? <laughs> Four. Four different live versions of Blackbird. Wow. Why? Yeah. Like, what's the point? What's the point? Like, let's give us yeah, and, and they're both all four. All th- four of those I, I mentioned are both double disc releases, so mm-hmm. it's the, pretty much the whole concert. You know, yeah. um, I don't know. I, I, don't I just know. don't. I don't. I don't understand what the what the deal is with it. But, maybe maybe but, he thinks know. maybe he thinks that uh, people will all the people who went to the show are going to feel they want a memento of the experience, and so I'm going to go buy the good. Good evening, New York City. Because I went to the uh, the new baseball field, City Field. I went to see the the concert there. I don't know. Maybe um, Paula's live was interesting in that at the very end of it, for some reason, he threw on some weird sound check tracks. Oh yeah, including. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> do, do, do you remember Hotel in Bendendorf? Oh. <laughs> wow, that's really obscure. Yeah. So a, a couple tracks of him just screwing around on stage. You know, yeah. I don't understand it. Uh, uh, there is a uh, bootleg you can download or get somewhere where that is all of Paul's sound check. Yeah, yeah. Uh, tracks and and I will have to say that is kind of interesting because you. You can hear some really weird stuff that he, you know. It's not the usual, really... not Blackbird for the eighth time, or yeah. Yeah, not... exactly. So, but and generally, uh, live albums, even uh, unplugged, I, I take out every once in a while. Yeah. Um, I, I've been on a Bangladesh kick recently. Yeah, it's pretty. But cool. I haven't heard live in Japan probably ten years. I haven't really mm-hmm. listened much to uh, live in New York City. I prefer the album tracks of that. I definitely haven't heard the Ringo's solo stuff. <laughs> no. So generally live albums, Beatles wise. Yeah. Uh, not not uh no. thumbs down, I guess. Well <laughs> as we wrap up or finish things here, well let's pick if we had to suggest one live album from each solo Beatle. Or well let's how about from the group and then one from each of the four. Uh, what would we say here? So the the essential Beatles live album you'd want or live performance, I guess. I would say li- live at BBC over yeah. um, rooftop concert. I mean, you're gonna hear a rooftop concert at some point, but live in BBC is real great sounding recordings of a bunch of stuff that they didn't play anywhere else. So yeah. I, yeah. you can't you can't do any better than that. Good. And then for so we'll say live for live at the BBC from the Beatles. And for John, I, I would probably go with the live in New York City, uh, nineteen seventy two yeah. concert there. Uh, for George, you got to go with Bangladesh. Yeah, I got to go with Bangladesh. Even though live in Japan's more of a career retrospective, like uh, Bangladesh. Uh, Ringo, I've got to go skip it. No, <laughs> no, I guess I guess VH One storytellers. <laughs> yep. And then, and then um, McCartney. McCartney, it's, gosh, it's a little it's harder. I'm gonna say you're gonna love Unplugged. Get that. But if you're like, ah, but I want I want a career retrospective thing. I just gotta go. I maybe good, good evening, New York City, just because yeah. it's got the most tracks on it, and it's 
his band he plays with now is fantastic, and yeah. it yeah. it has some uh, you know. I mean, it, it, I'd probably get that in that it reminds me the most of the concert we saw. Yes. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that that's that's that. All right. Well, sounds good. So if you have any comments, please feel free to write them on the page and tell us what you think about the live album. All right. So that's uh, we'll wrap it up for us today. Good to know that there are a couple of people out there at least downloading us. So keep doing that. Uh, sign up for us on iTunes. Tell a friend if you if you know somebody you uh, if you hate the Beatles that are listening to this. <laughs> tell an enemy. Absolutely. And if you uh, if you hate someone <laughs> and you want to get them one of these releases, what they what should we get them? I think you got to go with Live at Toronto, 1969, and you just jam side two john john let's hope for peace uh, if you got a bad neighbor who's got a barking dog or something crank it up and you will hear silence after that so all right, <laughs> all right dave all right we'll catch you next time uh...